What is life like as a PIO in the second largest school district in the country? How is technology affecting the mental health of students? How can districts encourage their schools to do better storytelling? We explore these questions and more on this episode of the School District PR Pros Podcast. Stay with us. The School District PR Pros Podcast is presented by Schoolshine, providing school districts with cutting-edge videos and video content strategy to help promote programs, increase school engagement, and more. Learn more at schoolshine.org. As a PIO at the second largest school district in the country, Los Angeles Unified, Monica Carrazzo is always ready for surprises. It's very unexpected. I never know what's going to happen when I walk in. I have my to-do list like anybody else does. You know, write news releases, return phone calls, um, work on stories in-house for our online publication. So I know that you also oversee even things like social media and the crisis management. How many hats are you wearing at once? A lot. Problem solver is one. You have to think fast on your feet, multitask, be creative, be an excellent writer, handle phone calls, people from the public, be a relationship builder, diplomat. But then you have situations like what happened a couple of weeks ago with the Delta jetliner that spilled the oil on our students. In January of 2020, a Delta Airlines flight bound for Shanghai made an emergency fuel discharge over one of LAUSD's elementary schools. No one was gravely hurt. No one was hospitalized. Paramedics were on site, so everyone was taken care of. But it was very scary. The kids didn't know what was happening. It wasn't until they went inside the classrooms that the adults started noticing the smell of gasoline and oil. Then sure enough, within I think a half hour, we looked online and everything just came out. What's the next thing you do in a situation like that? We just work very closely with the L.A. County Fire, the nearby agencies who we work with. Any media calls, we refer them to those agencies as well. But for the most part, we just reassure our parents, you know, of what happened and the communication with them and what to do in case you get sick later or the kids are, are nervous or, you know, the next following days, we provide counselors for them. Then, of course, what came afterwards, the board member held some community meetings that included some a representative from Delta. So I I don't know exactly what took place in the meetings, what was discussed, but there were a couple um, community meetings afterwards after the incident, which is normal. That's happened in the past. And so are you also sending out materials to the parents? What I know of is we did the robotic calls, just letting them know, you know, this is what happened because parents always want to know what happened. So we have a system in place that we then just send out the messages, record the messages, and it goes out instantly to all the parents in the district. How does it work that you're able to juggle hundreds of schools and and their needs at once? Do you have a lot of support? Like I said, we work very closely with, um, with the operations. They usually call our office when they need assistance with a message to go out to parents, help them set up a social media account or a Facebook account, Twitter account, et cetera. We have some partnerships. You know, for example, we have an MOU with the Los Angeles Rams and with CBS KCAL, Student Teacher of the Month. Yeah, there's stuff coming in all the time. The only thing I can tell you is you have to really work at a fast pace and just juggle all those balls because like I tell people, if you juggle one of those balls and you drop it, it's like an atomic bomb and ask for help too. You know, we all help each other. There's six PIOs, but we definitely have a lot in our plate. A lot of us do at all times. So you you enjoy the spontaneous nature of the job. I do. I do. I didn't think I did. Even when I was in college, I thought, okay, I don't know about going to a job every single day, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to five, knowing exactly what's going to happen. But then again, I didn't know I was going to do crisis communications either. The first three months of the job when I started, 
I had to deal with 9-11. Oh, my gosh. I know. First three months of the job. I'll never wow. forget that. Yeah, I started in July, you know, and it was September when that happened. That must have been a really emotional. It was. It was very emotional. The office from downtown, which is where I'm at now, was calling me and telling me, you need to call Univision and Telemundo because they're telling the parents to pick up their kids at school. And that's not the message we want to do. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. So I had to really get on the phone really fast and talk, tell the anchors and news directors that, no, the safest place to be is for our children to be at the school sites you know we're we're mm. all emergency workers you know we we know what we have to do we have a safe right. school action plan in place so we're prepared we're ready that when those kids are at the schools eight to five there are kids you yeah. know we're taking care of them and in case anything happens you know when we're there until the very last student gets picked up if we have 2300 students none of us go home until that last child is picked up and that's happened other than dealing with crisis communications, a unique part of Monica's job and passion is addressing the issues of mental health within her district, specifically making sure every student gets the support they need. We have wonderful, caring social workers, psychiatric workers, PSWs, social workers, a different range of specialties, and they're all throughout the district. And they're really the unsung heroes. They are really in there in the ground in the trenches working with students to get them healthy, to get them mentally healthy so they can embrace their academic studies. I was just at a different school last week and a lot of the kids really talked about how stressful school is. And this is new because I know when I was in high school, God, I don't remember being that stressful like the kids are nowadays. I mean, there's just so much stress on them. And I was talking to the counselor and she mentioned a lot of it has to do, they put it on themselves. You know, they have to have this certain GPA. They have to be accepted to this university and they have to go here. These high, high expectations that they put on themselves. So, you know, we're teaching them how to handle that, how to manage that and hopefully then to have them go on a route where they can achieve academically and graduate and be on their way to adulthood. How do you think the role of social media has changed the landscape of mental health in recent years? Oh, it definitely has. It's um, it's something that you know, it wasn't there 20 years ago. Like it's, it's, it's constant, it's 24 seven. You know, you're hearing about students who are online or on their phone, their device more than seven hours in a day. Wow. You know, or they just sleep with it or they can't sleep or they sleep with it under their pillow type of thing. I mean, you just didn't hear about that years ago. So mm. the phone is just literally their livelihood. Now you hear about digital detox. That's being addressed now. And I think it was an adult man I read in a newspaper that he did that and his relationship improved, his marriage improved, mm. he improved because he did a digital detox. Do you have any advice for smaller districts, any lessons they can learn from a district like yours and maybe mm -hmm. to improve anything in their communications Definitely do um, a lot of um, deep dive building relationships with outside agencies who want to like sponsor a school. I think that's that's very important. Try and really, really tell the good stories that are happening in the mm. schools. It's really difficult for us. We tell that to my boss every single, almost every week when we have a staff meeting. We need to get out to the schools. They can do newsletters. They can do podcasts. They can do videos. Have the kids tell their own stories because, you know, I mean, the kids are the ones who are doing, they're the future. They get it with this whole digital world that's out there. And so have them tell their own stories, have them mm. interview, whatever way you want to tell that story, that's fine. But just make sure, you know, to tell that story in a right 
respectful way and that it gets it gets known out there. What's next for you and, and what are you excited about for the future of LUSD? From May through June, we work on stories about the kids, where they're going, the sacrifices that they made, you know, working three or four jobs or, you know, again, turning their, their lives around, you know, getting C's and D's, and now they're going to, you know, a four-year university. So those are the types of stories we love, love to hear. So I'm really excited about that. Monica, thanks so much for coming by and best of luck to you for the rest of this year. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. You know, every day we get the privilege of helping school districts with their PR messaging through high quality video content. We have video content packages and video marketing strategy that helps school districts communicate their message to the public. So if that's something that you've ever talked about or are interested in learning more about, check out schoolshine.org. In the meantime, we hope you join us next time on this episode of the School District PR Pros Podcast. Thanks.